Welcome to Loud and Clear, a podcast dedicated to amplifying the voices of women in music. I'm your host, Olivia Adams, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Robin Stewart, who's going to be talking with us about Women in Music Canada. Women in Music Canada is a registered nonprofit organization and one of the largest music industry associations in Canada. The organization is dedicated to fostering gender equality in the music industry through the support and advancement of female professionals and creatives at every stage of their career. The goal is to strengthen the social economic balance of the music industry by providing professional development, support, and resources for the community. Women in Music hosts educational career development and networking events alongside broader programming initiatives, industry engagement, research, and advocacy to serve the needs of the diverse community. Their panels, seminars, webinars, and workshops and performances serve to educate, empower, and celebrate female contributions to the music world and strengthen community ties. I'm so pleased to have Robin here talking with me today. Welcome, Robin. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. I wondered if we could begin our conversation by talking a little bit more about what is Women in Music Canada for those who might not be familiar with your organization and what is some of the important work that's happening within that organization? Mm -hmm. So Women in Music Canada is a national organization. It's been around since uh, 2014, Um, but in the last year you will have um, likely seen it a lot more because we are ramping up a lot more programming and doing a lot more across the country in the past year. We now have representation of uh, regional chapters in each of the provinces and working with the territories as well, as well as 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 our national body. We've, uh, like your description said, we have done uh, a a handful of programming opportunities this year, including an entrepreneur accelerator uh, and a day of workshops for International Women's Week, as well as a series uh, specific to the lives sector across the country that same week. Um, And we launched this year our first Women in Music Canada Honours Award program, celebrating, elevating, and and, um, showcasing different artists um, and industry across the country who are doing incredible projects. So some of our key pieces this year and, uh, and a lot more with advocacy and research coming in the in the next year. Fantastic. The uh, honors and awards were actually how I came to find out that Women in Music Canada was an organization that exists. And I've started since following you and, and reading a lot of the research that's coming out and looking into more of the work that you're doing. And so I was really pleased that you were able to, to come on the podcast to talk about it. Several of our previous podcast interviewees actually won some honors, which is sort of how I found out about the organization, which is just incredible. So one of the things I really love about your organization is that it sort of represents multiple career paths within the membership. You don't just cater to composers or conductors, or you're not just in classical or just in the pop music industry. It's sort of across all demographics. Can you talk a bit more about that? Why was it important to have the organization represent women and gender nonconforming folks in all music spaces? Well, because when we look at the the landscape of music um, in in the well in, in the Canadian industry as well as across the world, there is discrepancy in all areas, and we want to bring people together based on experience, common experiences that they have had in the past and currently versus narrowing it into a specific group of women and gender diverse folks. So all folks that we, uh, that are part of our membership and that, that engage, that we engage and seek to support are brought together by a similar experience of having been discriminated based on their gender, have been put in 
you know, difficult situations based on their gender. And, uh, and that's where the base and the core of our programming comes from. You know, this past year, I spoke at an event specific to the jazz community and learning that the numbers, when you look at the numbers of songwriters and of professional jazz musicians, it mim- mimics and mirrors that across, um, across many sectors. In fact, in some places is actually lower and equity is important across all sectors, because as we know, radio agents, uh, booking festivals, et cetera, some are, na- some are narrowed to specific genres and some are not. And ultimately we're going to be better across um, the whole industry if we support the growth and development of safer spaces and more equitable spaces for all. Mm-hmm. So what do some of those, um, you talk about safe and more equitable spaces. What does that practically look like? And how is women in music sort of facilitating the creation of some of those spaces? Yeah, well, I mean, when we work at um, our Entrepreneur Accelerator, for example, we were working with a lot of artists in industry who are looking at their careers as a business in the early phase of their career and giving them a unique training to make sure that those businesses that they're starting are successful and that they're set up with the tools to, to create that space. And in doing that and, and in creating that, as a programming piece that is specific to uh, women and gender diverse folks, they can feel safe to explore and to create those those businesses that they're working on. And from there, we, you know, that's the the beginning of the pipeline, really, where they're where the, we're creating more diverse and more equitable spaces in the starting phase of a career. And the more we do that, the more we see that growth and the more we support that growth through mid to higher level career base, we're going to see a more balanced um, workspace in all organizations and industry. And as we do that, you have less situations where you're the only woman at the table, you're the only gender diverse person at the table. And that just automatically is going to relate to having camaraderie and having community and make it a lot harder for um, situations of the past to continue. Yeah. And um, what you're saying like perfectly echoes some research that's going on in the social sciences right now, which is that like if young people do not see themselves represented within media, with so within music and television and books and all of this, if they're not seeing themselves represented, they have poor mental health outcomes, they have higher dropout rates, mm-hmm. and they're not like as likely to find success in the field. And so I think that the sort of early career mentorship, I'm sorry, I can't remember the, the title that, that you um, use, but sort of the mentorship that's going on in that early career is, is setting up musicians, you know, that might not have even been born yet. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been in the industry for 20, going on 21 years now. And I think back to, I mean, th- these conversations around equity have been going on for several years, but in the early days of my career, it was not uncommon to go a whole week without having a single meeting with a woman to to work in a team where I was the only woman at the table. And then when we start diving into women of color and to a LGBTQIA community and gender diverse trans community, there's even less. And so it's, uh, you know, we are we are moving forward from that 20 years ago past that I'm <laughs> that I'm you know starting my base on, but um, we're not moving fast enough. We're not there yet, and there's a lot of areas that are still very discrepant. And we just truly believe that with allies um, and and women in the industry who are doing great things, bringing everyone to the table to have that that more equitable space is is really a direction we need to go, and we need to go quickly if we're going to make change. I mean, the past few years have really gone backwards in terms of equity, seeing more more women leaving the workforce with with COVID, and we're coming we're coming past that. I want to say, you know 
knock on wood, but it's um it, it's something that's really put a halt or a backwards uh, backpedal on on the work we've been doing the last few years. So you know now's the time to jump on it to make these changes and to make changes in sustainable ways that can keep moving forward themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because your organization is across Canada, uh, you touched on it earlier that you're starting to develop province-specific chapters or within the organization. Within that, are you doing events to sort of coordinate and sort of connect other uh, industry professionals specific to each province? Yeah, so we have chapter leads in each province, um, with Atlantic Canada being one together, and some of the bigger provinces have have individual, um, like Ontario has Toronto as well as Ottawa. So these the representatives in each of those areas are doing programming themselves. This coming year, what I'd like to to really bring together um, with with all of the different regions is to set up a an ongoing plan of whether it's a bi monthly meetup or or casual event that we do on an ongoing basis, so that people in those regions can connect with each other, can have that face time that we've really missed over over several years, and can start building that core expect expected piece. And then additional programming from those chapters um, will be on top of that that um that comes comes and goes as they as they wish so definitely each of the chapters does their work in terms of regional it bleeds into our national because the reality is i'm uh you know i'm based in winnipeg the company's based in in ontario nationally um incorporated but we can't be everywhere and we can't it's not feasible financially time-wise i have kids or good for the planet for me to be everywhere um Mm -hmm. Year. So it's really helpful for folks, um, the folks who are part of those uh, regional com- committees to do programming locally, to have that relationship with their members locally. And, and it just means the more we can, we can do now, you know, we work very closely in terms of collecting financing for these projects and uh, locally they do a lot. I, I look more nationally and, you know, this is really a, a goal for this next year is to work on more, um, more activity in the regions. Mm-hmm. So when you say programming, what does that practically look like? Is it workshops? Mm-hmm. Is it retreats? Is it um, just networking with other industry prevent- uh, professionals? What does that look like? I'm sure there's a variety. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's really different in each province. So I know like like BC, for example, is working on a showcase that will be in Toronto, but with BC artists. A handful of the chapters are look- are doing uh, are working towards doing bi-monthly meetup events where there will be uh, a keynote or panel and then casual meetup, um, casual networking. That's that's probably the the most um, broad, the most the what most people are doing. The Toronto chapter does bi monthly showcases, for example, and that's something where any artist um, from Toronto can or or area that wants to come to Toronto for the showcase can uh, submit their material and and be part of those showcases. So Toronto chapter is looking to be a lot more active, given that such a large percentage of our community is there, and so I'm working quite closely with them, but. Um, but yeah, so they they do showcases. Nova Scotia this past year did a really wonderful, I shouldn't say Nova Scotia, the Atlantic chapter this past year did a really wonderful workshop on trans inclusion in the music industry to really mm-hmm. dive into to what that looks like and and what work needs to be done. So it's um it's really dependent on the regions and they I trust each of those regional leads to know what is most important for their region. And one thing we were able to bring this year with support from Heritage Canada was uh, a six-part series during International Women's week specific to the live sector. So looking at building your artist's live career, production, operations, financing and legal, talent buying, everything that 
that's really specific to the live sector, because we find that sector is really one of the most discrepant when it comes to equity. And, uh, and it's also one that comes with the most unique I mean, aside from artists, it comes with the most unique time challenges and scheduling in terms of a natural career, which is, you know, a natural, you know, a big part of the reason why it is very inequitable currently. But we do have some incredible um, women and gender diverse folks in those areas. And we use this as a way to bring their expertise to the table and uh, and provide some resources that can live on in our uh, resource resources on our website um, to help people moving in those career directions. That's great. That's really great. You mentioned earlier on the entrepreneur work that that you're doing, as well as I know that uh, your organization promotes research and creates playlists. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you could talk more to some of those other initiatives and just sort of letting our audience know what does it look like? Because maybe they're not necessarily um, a woman in music, but they want to support through supporting the research or supporting, like listening to the playlist that, right. They want to be more supportive of women in music Canada. What are some ways that we can do that? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously listening to playlists that we put out is a big thing because that that's money that goes directly to artist pockets. We put out playlists based um, in line with programs that we're doing. So whether if we're doing a program with a lot of artists will put out one that that includes those artists. Um, we have some international programming coming up where we'll have playlists of all the artists going overseas with us. Um, so do watch that. I highly suggest anyone interested in, in the community, whether you are a woman in music, um, gender diverse, or an ally, to sign up for our newsletter because that's the best way to get to get the material that's the information coming up and what we have coming down the pipe. And uh, and for women and gender diverse folks, we have a directory right on the homepage of womeninmusic.ca. We started it just over a year ago, last last year on International Women's Day, and uh, and it has over a thousand members right now. We are looking now to 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 transition that and look at how we can take that information that people have entrusted us with and and connect them better and uh, bring in some mentorship relationships within there and different opportunities from that directory. So it's a great time to sign up, or if you are on there, to to go back and make sure that your search fields are filled in. If you're an artist, fill in your artist, fill in your genre, your instruments, for example, because. Um, um, it's a great place for people to to search and uh, and even even we use it for you know finding a, a photographer videographer for an event or a production team or etc and so uh, so we are going to activate that more entrepreneur program uh, we have a program coming up this year that's going to focus more on the the other end of the pipeline looking at leadership training it's, uh, that we'll be launching in the next uh, month or two and so all of these pieces really uh, the best place to to stay in in the know on those is to sign up for the newsletter that will get you onto our you know connected with our socials and any e-blasts we send out between newsletters. We don't send a ton of stuff. We don't sell lists and we don't spam. Um, We have a a quarterly newsletter and then we send a a few important uh, press releases and and, uh, e-blasts between each of those just to to keep everyone posted. That's great. Thanks so much for letting us know about those. So as a researcher myself and someone who's really passionate about data, I wonder if you could talk more about the important research report that uh, Women in Music Canada released last year and how some of that research is informing the way your organization is going to take steps towards creating the terminology used in there. I loved it. It was called like a support ecosystem and some of those other core ideas. And I wonder if you could talk to the the research and sort of what led to that. Of course. Um, Now this research, I will preface by saying this research was done before I started in this role. So what led to the actual research is, is less in my knowledge, but 
what came out of it was um, a not too surprising, unfortunately, but also is is exactly like you said, w- what we're using to lead um, programming and work that we're doing coming forward. The research was done primarily with Ontario um, a focus, but we found really extrapolating that across the country is not um, it, it, sh- it shows the same numbers. The reality is 80% of our industry is in Ontario. The majority of folks interviewed on that one were early career level folks just finishing post-secondary education and then some more senior. And it found shocking numbers like 81% of the folks interviewed indicated that they had already experienced some sort of discrimination or uh, or harassment based on their gender. And that of that, um, six, 67% of the total um, interviewed indicated that they were already considering whether this was not the career for them based yeah. on that. And so it was it was shocking. And it was what's really important about that number and why, why that one sticks in my mind from the research is that if we have folks, if we don't have a balanced group of, of graduates out of university and early level level entrepreneurs and early level career path folks, then we're never going to correct the gross imbalance at the top level. We need to have people coming into the industry and starting fresh in the industry at a really nice equitable balance or or we're already at a deficit. It also showed some of um, the barriers to success in the industry, highlighting things that, again, not surprising, we have a lack of mentorship, a lack of senior mentorship, specifically a lack of senior leadership um, that is that is female and gender diverse. And so folks coming into the industry, um, like we touched on earlier, they don't see someone who looks like them. They don't see allies or potential supports or someone they can look up to that says to them, you can do this. this is for you. And when you see top level folks being highlighted and recognized as all white men, for example, it's uh, it's really defeating to an intersectionality, especially of, of young females coming into the industry that want to look at this as something to dive into and commit to and see as a long-term career. Mm-hmm. So we've bumped up, um, we used some of that research to, or the, the results of that research to, to look at our Entrepreneur Accelerator program that was already running. But this past year, we added mentorship to it. Amazing. Yeah. And so it was it was a huge, you know, it was, it seems like a small ad logistically, but it was a huge ad in terms of the results and the, and the comments that came out of that, both from the folks participating in it and the mentees um, saying, I have all this knowledge to share. Thanks for asking and, and wanting to see these folks succeed. And so we are um, working with, with partners to start a program that will also look to take folks from mid-level management and give them the skills to advance to those senior roles as they come up in the coming year. And again, it will have mentorship as well. So just sort of blending into all of our programming, that mentorship aspect, because we find that it's not just mentees looking for support. There are are so many women in the industry and gender diverse folks in the industry wanting to share their knowledge and looking for the right way to do that. So that is one thing that's so beautiful about the Canadian ecosystem of music is that most people in music are keen to share their knowledge, want to see people succeed and, mm-hmm. and genuinely see that that uh, that just helps us all. Yeah. I think that mentorship piece is so crucial, right? Like, especially considering the research, like if we don't have that sort of modeling happening. I know that when I was when I was in my master's and I'm in the classical music world and education field there. And I had a professor sit me down and say, Kate, just so you know, like I'm gonna preface goes, this is mm-hmm. what's 
commonly said in the field. And just so you know, you're going to receive a lot of pushback and, and she wasn't wrong. And it was also like, well, I mean, this is the 21st century. Like you, you would have thought that we would be more progress in this. And um, it's definitely exacerbated for people who are also gender diverse and, you know, the 2SLGBTQI community, that sort of isolation is often far more exaggerated, right? Of course. Well, if we have some listeners that are thinking, hey, this might be a great organization to join. This sounds great. I wonder if you could outline what is some of the criteria for being involved with uh, Women in Music Canada? Well, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say criteria, so to speak, like we're looking to, you know, power in numbers. We want to connect everybody. We are, like I said, we are looking to, to build out new ways of connecting our membership. The only thing you have to do to become a member right now is sign up for our newsletter. Um, it's, you check off. Yes. I want to be a member. You can check off. Um, you can do that in the process of joining the directory, which is the more engaged level of it as well. And highly recommend that and recommend sharing anything you wish people to see when you do fill out the directory. We are working towards, I said, I've been in this role seven months now, eight months. I'm working towards building out those membership values, value prospect. And that's something that we're actually putting out a re- uh, short survey on in our newsletter in the next week as well to see how we can meet our members better. But the only thing you need to do is go to winmanymusic.ca, sign up for the directory and or newsletter and you're in and you'll get all of our information. And anyone who wants to be more involved in terms of linking to your regional chapter, we have those right on the site to connect with as well. Or if anyone is interested in, say, volunteering or or supporting or showing some, something else, they can absolutely just reach out to me directly. Incredible. That's amazing. So I'll make sure to have all of that linked in the show notes for this episode. Well, so. it's been a pleasure getting to chat with you. Is there anything that we missed that you, that you want to talk about uh, in regards to the organization? I don't think so. I mean, I think we hit a really, really wide range. And I think there's a lot of things I'm excited about that are coming down the pipe, but aren't quite ready to share. So thanks for having me on, but do watch for what we have coming up in this next year. Fantastic. Well, I wanted to wrap up our chat with a few rapid fire questions. These ones are slightly changed from uh, my usual five questions, but I wondered if you have a favorite song or piece of music that you like to listen to to boost your mood. Noella Charles' latest album is on my record player. And when I'm writing grants, but need to like push myself forward, I throw it on. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> have you ever been given bad career advice? What was it? I was once hired for a role and was called by one of the board members and told that I had a lot of work to prove myself because there there were a lot of other men who had applied and were as qualified or more than I was. And to me, that was bad career advice in a way, but it also showed, or it also stuck in my head as I'm going to prove you wrong. Cause that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> what is flip side? What's some good career advice you can pass on to those working in the industry? Good career advice. I was, uh, I think that we're in a world where social media and, um, feedback can be really hard to take and can be mentally challenging. And I was uh, at a moment where I was really struggling with that and questioning whether I was in the right role. I spoke with a colleague who told me who had, had seen even even more than I was seeing in the in his career. But he said to me at the end of the day, you need to know that you're a good person, that you're doing what you're doing because you think it's the right thing to do. And and if that's all if that all checks out, then nothing else matters. And it it really helps look, it helps get perspective, I found, and it helped it's helped push me through a few uh, uh more difficult times in uh in my career. Yeah. Uh what are you listening to right now? Although I think you sort of answered that with your favorite, your favorite <laughs> <It's> song. <laughs> 
You know what? I listened to a lot and I got a record player recently and went and got a bunch of older stuff like old Madonna's and Elton John's and stuff like that. Just things that I know that I can shut my brain off a bit with. But honestly, I dive into music that's sent through applications and listen to everything right now. What a lucky part of the job that you uh, (laughs) that you get to sort of connect with uh, all of the new music that's artists and the new music that's coming up. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on Loud and Clear. Uh, Do you mind letting our audience know where to find you and more about Women in Music Canada? And I'll make sure to have everything linked in the show notes. Absolutely. So womeninmusic.ca, Women in Music Canada for any of our social platforms. And uh, and for me, Robin at womeninmusic.ca. Amazing. Thanks so much for coming on, Robin. Thank you. Thank you to the Saskatoon Symphony Orchestra for sponsoring this podcast. Make sure you head over to saskatoonsymphony.org to purchase tickets for upcoming shows. And if you don't live in the Saskatoon area, you can watch these shows via concert stream by following the link at the top of the website. I'm your host, Olivia Adams. This is Loud and Clear, and you can find me at OA Music Studios on socials. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.